0: Welcome to the Sport Exchange with me, John Robbie. Hi, guys, welcome to the Sport Exchange podcast where we meet sporting personalities and learn about their lives and their life stories. Today, the Sport Exchange podcast welcomes a household name in cricket. He's a regular on our screens and a man with a very interesting career, wonderful average as a fast bowler in tests. And a shocking one in ODIs and also with the bat. Welcome, Pumalelo Pommy Mbangwa. Pommy, thanks for coming in. Morning. Morning, John. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a great welcome. Before, let me start off by saying I played nine tests for Ireland and lost nine. Okay, so my mm. record is not the greatest. Ireland. So in a funny sort of a way, I think we both look back on our careers maybe and have a bit of a chuckle. Yeah, I,
1: I do have a chuckle. I suppose um, for those who would know um, the... The pitfalls, the difficulties of um, international cricket or international sport, and those you play against and with, will kind of chuckle at stuff like that every now and again. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, I I look back on it all, and and there's absolutely no regret with regard to results and and kind of how you went. It just is, you know, nothing you can do about the past, and nothing you can do um, to sort of if I went back and tried to. I look at my cricket career and say, well, what could I do differently with regard to the results that you're talking about? Yeah. Maybe I could have practiced batting a little bit more. What's that show yeah, you got a
0: you got a century in school, didn't
1: you? And, yeah. In, well, in, in school, I suppose things come quite easily some of the time, you know, yeah. you, you kind of do what you do and, um, with batting, it was just a hidden giggle. It was fun, and if I could hit it as far as possible, that's what I'd do in school. And, <laughs> and uh, a couple of times it'd come off and you get a 100. But bowling right from the start is kind of what tickled my fancy, and that's what I tried to become good at. Yeah. And, and so worked on that from the beginning, and the natural progression got in that way into the side. And, and I suppose back then, um, I remember John Hampshire, who was um, Zimbabwe's coach. Um, Famous batsman, yeah, yeah, Yorkshire. Is, yeah, that's is from, right. From Yorkshire, kind of played with Jeff Boycott. Okay. And, and Ibargum, that, yeah yeah. Yeah, that 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 era. Um, yeah, it was quite good. And and he said, all you need to do is bring your boots to practice <laughs> That's
0: it. So, so it kind of set it out that way you know that could be a lovely name for a book all you need to do is is bring your books can we clear up the name pommy is that because people didn't maybe in the old days of zimbabwe pronounce african names in cricket or was it because of your experience going to an english school and coming back with a pommy accent where did pommy come from
1: so i think it's it's um, all of those things. Hmm. Um, it's, uh, at the start, I got the name POM, P-O-M, um, when I was 13 going on 14. And it was national trials. Um, a guy I played with, who still, I'm still in touch with, Gavin Rennie, hmm. um, played at the same time, same age. And he, when we were national under 15s, um, said... You know, uh, yeah, we'll went, know went, went these trials. And, oh, what's your name? Yeah, my name is Gavin. What's yours? My name is Mpumelelo. Goodness, say that again. <laughs> yeah, my name is Mpumelelo. Uh, and he tried, and he tried, and uh, pom, mm pom, and it kind of stopped there. Yeah. And he tried a few times, and he said, can I, please, can I just say pom? Is that fine? And... <laughs> And I didn't care one way or another. Actually, it didn't matter to me. It was just you know whatever. But you carry on, and so that's what he'd say. And very quickly, without resistance or acceptance or whatever it was, it caught on with the guys. So that's with fifteen guys who are fourteen years old plus the coaches that were there. And this was the first kind of representative side that was of any note because Mm. I remember we went to Namibia. Uh, we went to Namibia on a tour as all 15 of us. Um, and that just carried on. So when anyone was asked who was of authority within that side, coaches and so forth, you know, how these guys who you've taken on this tour, they'd say, oh, there's this bloke called Gavin, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's this bloke called um, uh, Madondo. There's this bloke called uh, Pom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Today, many would actually,
0: in, in, in the current climate, certainly in South Africa and probably in Zim, it might be seen to be very patronizing that somebody wouldn't use. Would would you have been as accepting of it today if it was the same situation to a young kid, do you think?
1: No, I don't think so. I don't think it would have passed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because, yeah, so yeah. I think at different times. So Yeah. You I mean, were talking about quite a while ago. So, sure. Yeah, so... Um, a different time and in this day and age there is the insistence isn't there uh, my name's Mpumelele absolutely and yeah. we'll, you will learn it mm. and you will say it and mm. and that's kind of what happens and I must add whilst there are some who are resistant to trying mm. to say names but many and most will try very hard and will get it you mm. know just, just
0: because a, you do a, in the a end. small victory let's mm. call it a small yeah. victory <laughs> yeah. how well, you retire at 26 and how did you get into into commentary Uh, the reason i'm asking is because we're going to go through your career now but then i'll I'll never leave enough time to get into the real because your 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 rise in the world of commentary has been phenomenal for somebody with dare i say it a modest record Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with the bothams and the Mm. uh, you know the 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 the, um, um, superstars of the game etc so Mm. tell us about retirement funny place to start and then how you got into your current career yeah, I can. Can I
1: say that I'm I'm still not retired oh, from cricket? No. Yeah, never retired. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> there was no occasion that turned out. Okay. that's said, "Ah, oh, that you know that Mbamwa kid. He's decided he's going to retire now. I didn't didn't really happen that way. Yeah, um, how did it happen? It, yeah, I suppose I have to call it, you know, kind of God's way in in yeah. essence because. I was on this path, and you're, you're young, all you ever want to do is play cricket for your country, you want to be a professional cricketer, um, and you get there, and when you get there, I mean, I learned very quickly when I got there that, no, hold on, this is a whole different level mm-hmm. to anything that you could have ever dreamt of, you know, and so, okay, the quest is to be better and better and better all the time, And and whilst it's happening, it's like this dream, you live this dream every day, every... Um, every tour you go on and um, the hard part to deal with for me was you I wasn't in the 11 all the time mm. and and so that kind of from a psychological perspective was something that was difficult to deal with and and you know you've got to keep yourself up you've got to say when I'm in I'm going to be as good as can be sort of thing and so that was a bit of a challenge mm. and then as quickly as it kind of started so picked at 1920 go on a tour Kind of tour around the world, go here, there, everywhere, play a few games here and there, do decently here and beat there. Beat India, beat Pakistan, yeah, you yeah. know, so do decent stuff and, and kind of there's always this promise, but it never shifts on. At, and I can't remember if it was 26, the last game I played, I think, was in 2002, right? So And it was in the Champions Trophy. And then 2003 was the Cricket World Cup in South Africa and turn, returned from Sri Lanka, Champions Trophy, and a squad of thirty was put together for, you know, training for the World Cup. And my name wasn't there. Oops. What oh, what's that about? Like, you know, yeah, so yeah. find the answers, try and find them, nothing. But kind of carry on, you know, and I but kind of be a little bit despondent. I don't mm. understand what's going on. And you never can get enough answers or the right answers. It's just, you know, select Every selector tells yeah, you it wasn't
0: me. I voted for you. Correct. Yeah, I know the story. Yeah, and
1: yeah. And so to go from being in an 11 that plays to not being in a 30 that trains kind of hit me quite hard. And so, yeah, and at the time, the atmosphere within kind of cricket and mm. what was going on wasn't particularly great. But in the year before that, I think it's 2001, and I think it was the West Indies who were in, um, in Zimbabwe, I'd been asked to just help out with, you know, comments sitting ah. next to uh, guys who were commentating so I'd go I went into the commentary booth and sat there uh, because I wasn't I was in the squad yeah. but I wasn't yeah. on, in the 11 and I remember kind of sitting there being ma- ma- interviewed maybe at, it was be,
0: to help pronounce the names as as well <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so you know so sitting there talking to guys and just answering and, and someone came to me and said oh you yeah, you should do you should do this, mm. this. and you know, I said, I said do what what you guys do this stuff is despicable you guys will think you know everything you know you're busy telling us how rubbish we are and blah 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 i said nah you should do this This is you you can do this when you're done playing this is what you're gonna no chance i said there's no way i wouldn't actually want to do it i'm just helping you guys here right 2001 2003, fast forward, but there's, and there were a couple of times that next year, the next year in 2002, before the Champions Trophy and so forth, another tour on, yeah. and I go, help out again, You know, play a couple of games, then out of the side or get injured or whatever, help out again. 2003, I get a call to say, hey, um, John Gaylord, is director, and there's a guy called Tony Still, who... Um, I think they both worked for Octagon at the time. Mm. Yeah, um, not trying to punt. I mean, no, it's a life. Punt away. Yeah, um, but they said, "Hey, look, we'd like you to be part of the commentary team. There'll be uh, games here in in Zimbabwe, and there'll be games in South Africa for the two thousand and three Cricket World Cup. Will Will you work on on that?" I said, "If I'm not in the squad." <laughs> I'm still holding out. Um, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, they, yeah. they made a great big mistake. I played the last games and played, so I don't know what you're on about. So I'm going to be in the squad. I said, um, okay, if you're not, will you? <laughs> I said, sure, I Diplomacy personified, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, sure, I will, no problem. And so um, I wasn't, and I was, I did the commentary. So I did some in Zimbabwe. And did some in South Africa. A few games here and there. 2003 World Cup went away. Done. 2000, uh, straight after the World Cup, there was some quadrangular in uh, Dubai. Again, I got a call and Zim's team was going there. And instead of people, it was quite weird. I find it quite weird because mm. instead of people kind of looking at me and saying, you know, this cricketer from Zimbabwe, They started almost pretty much right then, 2003, 2004. Oh, there's that guy, that commentator. Commentator from Zimbabwe, yeah. No, what are you talking about? (laughs) That's not what I do. I play cricket. I run up and bowl. That's kind of what I do. That's, that's you know, that's what I want to do anyway. Had to go and do this quadrangular. Was asked to do it. Went there, did it. No hassle. Came back. I still play 2003, 2004 but in my head kind of things started jumping in there you know and I I found um, having thought it was despicable before over time and getting to learn what happens just to get the broadcast out I found I absolutely loved it I was so fascinated I'm still fascinated today John how it like comes together it's unbelievable so I I then Do you mean the technical
0: side? The that behind the scenes, the, the whole, crew, yeah. everything, and then the director there in your ears, in the box.
1: So the size so, of the operation. Yeah, yeah, so so just just the fact that when you're at home, you see this picture. Yeah. And you see this bloke talking, or you hear this, you know, you hear this bloke talking, and you see kind of the cricket, the rugby, the football, whatever it is, and it seems so simple, right? Yeah. yeah. And then if you just kind of take a layer back, you know, so go from the guy you're looking at and go, why can I hear him? Yeah, And yeah. You, you know, can speak to a sound technician and why can I see him? You know, the right shot from the cameraman and go all the way back to director, to engineer, to what, it just fascinated me <laughs> and, and that's it. And And then if you kind of took what cricket did, because it still does and still so excited Mm. about the sport watching things unfold and so forth and you put those together it just kind of kind of match made in heaven for me and I'm sort of thinking oh hold on I might not have really dreamt about it but I'm kind of living <laughs> another dream here
0: <laughs> do you know and how, <laughs> how does it actually work I mean in the same way as you have sorry I'm, I'm interrupting you. in the same way as you've got like club cricket and then you go provincial cricket and then international cricket and then IPL you know where they are and the relative um, seniority of it mm. how does it work in commentating because we don't know if it's sky if it's octagon if it's super sport if it's IPL etc how does it work are you a freelancer who gets called by different organisations or are you contracted to somebody give us an idea of the overall arrangement
1: so they're territories Mm. so um, Supersport who I Mm. work for in South Africa kind of will buy the rights for a territory so for South Africa when it comes to international Mm. cricket Supersport have the rights but they also have the rights for Sub-Saharan Africa Mm. and and In essence, what they do, they have the broadcast rights, but they might also have the production rights, which they do. Mm. So they produce this content. And in so doing, they are able to um, contract freelancers and have them on a broadcast. So at any point, so um, South Africa play against um, India. Yeah. And we'll have sunny... Gavaskar, yeah, who's yeah. here, and Ravi Shastri, who's here, or Rahul Dravid, who's here, along with, uh, say, myself. Yeah. And, uh, Heisman, uh, something Heisman like that. Yeah. And, uh Jackman in the past, Vessels, uh Machai Antini, Graham Smith, Sean Pollock, Robin Peterson, whoever, all these guys, right? And Supersport will decide on what their team is that's going to call mm. um, this series, and they also then provide what is a world feed. So if you're not in South Africa or sub-Saharan Africa and say you are in India yeah. and you're watching, somebody else has the rights there to show the cricket. They'll do their kind of build-up and whatever around it and they'll take the commentary from the production. Ah, I see how, and how so, it works. Yeah, yeah, so if you're watching cricket that's coming from England, you'll see Sky's commentary generally and... You'll see all their commentators plus whoever they've decided to bring in to kind of try and balance the broadcast. The Aussies didn't used to balance the the Mm, broadcast mm. and kind of just have their own blokes and kind of do that. That's why um, Supersport started sending people there to say, okay, we'll do a parallel broadcast and send it back to our folks here. Um, So that they can the unbiased they called it, which I thought was
0: unfair to the Aussies because they're very fair. The Aussie commentators, I think.
1: Yeah, I I mean bias exists always. I mean, no matter how you want to look at that, you know, bias always exists, and I think it was a case of Australia winning all the time in a certain period makes it sound like you're just barricading for the Australians. But it's very difficult to start talking about the guys who are on the losing side without kind of being disparaging. So you tend to shift to the guys who are winning. And that's what the Aussies kind of do. How do
0: you balance the fun element, the personality with the cricket? Because in the old days, it was very much the Mm. cricket sort of thing. You know, with the likes of Charles Fortune with a little bit of of, of his own sort of uh, humor involved. Now with the Shane Warns and so on, you get quite a bit of... How do you reach that balance of 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 entertainment and personality with cricketing knowledge? Because that surely is the key.
1: Yeah, I, I. It was at the start. It was hard to figure out mm. how the job goes or how it's supposed to be done. Nobody, did they did they sit you down, or did you make it up as you went you. along? Nobody teaches you. Wow, it's that's the most incredible thing. Yeah. no, nobody says this is how to do it. Um, you get tips. From guys along the way. Um, I mean, going back to 2003 World Cup, I remember Zimbabwe playing against Australia and in the commentary booth. And remember, I'm mm. just starting mm. as the first like proper gig that I get. Yeah. And, and I'm going to be paid for this. And the others were, were all just kind of voluntary. Yeah. You turn up and you kind of help out and whatever. And so I'm being paid to do something, which in my head I'm going, okay, I've got to do this properly. Yeah,
0: you're a professional. Yeah, yeah.
1: but what is properly? And in the commentary booth are... Um, Mikey Holding, who I'm going to work yeah. with now, but at the time he's a hero of mine, so of it's kind of a bit difficult. Tony Gregg, um, Richie Beno,
0: oh my goodness,
1: same same booth, right? And I'm going, goodness gracious, what did I do? <laughs> and I remember, I remember, I think I had two stints with Richie Beno, and I sat, and kind of thought, I no. I'm not allowed to talk here. I mean, great man sitting alongside yeah, me. Yeah. Never mind great man commentary. There's a leg spinner and captain of, course, of Australia. Of legendary. A all-rounder. Yeah. Kind of, you know, and he's telling everyone about, about the game. Oh, what are you, pipsqueak, doing? Kind of mouthing off every five seconds. Just shut up and listen. So I sat there. And then kind of, as, and I remember it so well because I just sat there and thought, oh, you know, I'm not here competing with this guy i'm just kind of here to give my point of view yeah and it it was compliment to compliment yeah yeah, but it was so stark in my head that i have to bring me here and not be like anybody else because if i am gonna be like anybody else then i might as well not be there and if i'm gonna try and be like anybody else it just kind of defeats the purpose i'm here because of how i am you know and it brings kind of a diversity to things. So it was a bit of a lesson. I didn't say too much, I must be yeah. honest. I didn't say too much in first or second stint. And I still kind of you know, sweating and kind of sure and thinking, uh, uh, am I allowed to speak yet? Uh, uh, uh. That's a good shot, yeah. Was he generous?
0: Did he bring you in? Yeah, very, yeah. very generous. You know, in um, 50 years of commentating, he never called Australia we.
1: Yeah, I mean... Because
0: he took he took uh, uh, objective unbiased commentary very seriously didn't he
1: yeah he did i mean so people will say and it i guess it, it happens over periods of time where you know a guy will commandeer a space yeah. like you commandeer the, the radio space in the morning yeah. people turn on the radio and they listen to john as they drive along and it then becomes how to do it is how he did it because that's how old people know right and it's kind of difficult to grapple with that mm. in your mind and be in the same space, but you do it differently. However, there is no right way because if there was a right way, they'd tell you. Yes. Right? Yes, they'd say, yes. come in here. This is how we do it. We turn left, we go right, we'd go up, we go down. <laughs> Nobody says that. So if people like what you do, such is life. If people so don't. So it's like sink or it, swim, really. Correct? You
0: get in there, and 100%. if you have it, you have it. If yeah. you don't,
1: hey, Find something else.
0: (laughs) What about personalities? I mean, for example, I mean, uh, um, Ian Chappell and and Ian Botham (laughs) famously (laughs) don't like each other. How does that work?
1: Still, they still don't.
0: Really, And this goes back to when Ian Botham wanted to smack, chased him down a street in Melbourne or something, wasn't it? So I, I don't,
1: I don't know the actual story, and and Mm. the reason I say I don't know it is because I've heard both of them. Yeah, tell a a, different tell a story, and they speak about different events, you know. And essentially, it comes up to one challenging the other to say, kind of pick on someone your own size, sort of thing, you know. The story I've heard was Chapel
0: was anti-English, anti-English, and both of them took exception as a young cricketer, and at one stage, almost came to fists. And yeah. they've never buried the hatchet.
1: They never have. I mean, I, I, I don't know how many years ago now, maybe four or five years ago. Apparently, they were in a car park uh, mm. again and kind of going at each other and had to be separated.
0: And now in in their sixties, Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. But that's. And does anyone chat? Does anyone raise that, or is that something you wouldn't raise because you know it's a sensitive issue?
1: You would raise it. Oh, so so to both of them, um, you can. You'd never be in the company of both together, yeah, yeah. ever, right? But you'd be in the company of each separately. Yeah. And you can bring it up. It's not, it's not like it's a taboo. Or, and they'll happily talk about it. They'll happily say, oh, he's a so-and-so. Yeah, and, and the yeah, other one will like, say, yeah, oh, he's a yeah. so-and-so. And it's fascinating because you'd think, great cricketers, you know, and kind of have seen life Old people, right? Wisdom, gray hairs, all of that, right? (laughs) You'd think,
0: to to err is human, to forgive divine.
1: (laughs) You know, well, fair enough. But but you would think that, you know, you don't need this, you know? Bury the hatchet, like, just forget about it. You'd think that would be the case, but I guess they're human. (laughs)
0: And and Michael Holding and uh, T20 Cricket. uh, Is it true that his contract says he's not allowed to speak about it because he hates it so much? So
1: he... he being Mikey Holding, you can put things in your own contract,
0: right? Yeah, I was saying. So,
1: okay, so, right. so he, he says, I remember when he turned up here to do so three or four years ago, he turned up and he's kind of been regular uh, with Supersport. Because yeah, he's well, my idol. I think yeah, he's just yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic voice, right? Yeah. Like, uh, awesome to you. just listen to him and listen yeah. to him, <laughs> you know, even when he's just regaling us with stories about times past, you know. So he turns up the first time, and we're, um, and I think what happened was there were 2020s in the middle of, one day as 2020s and tests yeah. or something like that. And, then, and so he said, oh, by the way, next week I'm going wherever in his Jamaican lilt. I want to go to a game park or yeah. whatever. Horse racing. Yeah, I correct. So I said, oh, well, the 2020s coming up, you know, you're still on tour. You can't just like go on holiday. I only do cricket. Nah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, don't th- I don't think you have to say anymore. So, going back to your career, I mean, everyone says you were a magnificent bowler. You weren't quick enough. Why is it a big slab of meat like you? Because you look like a West Indian bowler from the from the, the, the 70s. Why couldn't you bowl quicker? What, what what makes a really fast bowler?
1: I guess fast switch fibers. Um,
0: yeah. So genetics? Yeah, partly. Genet-
1: genetics partly. Um, I think efficiency of action. Yeah. Um, I... At some point, I injured my back. So ah. I, I didn't used to bowl very fast anyway. I used to be sort of uh, kind of medium fast, so mm. mid-130s or whatever. And then injured my back and kind of had to try and shift actions. And I, I don't think I could ever get it. Like, I mm. don't think I could ever get the slight difference in action. And so timing kind of didn't work. So no matter how much strength I tried to build up and try and get to bowl it quicker, sometimes i'd manage it at nets and all the rest yeah. but i'd almost revert when i got when i got to the, the actual game when you got, get, got to the middle and it was a source of frustration but in the end just sort of thought no well this is your lot you know you can work with what you have and 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 see how you go and that's that's just it. Just give you see, it a go. I, what you I find
0: it fascinating because obviously to see the really quick bowlers is, I mean, that is perhaps the most mm. magnificent thing in cricket. And then you get a Vernon Philander. Yeah. All right. Who is one of the deadliest bowlers in the world and he bowls military medium. Yeah. You know, what? what is your advice to a young fast bowler listening to this? Say, say a guy 13 years of age who looks like he's going to have the physique and is the fastest in his school. What's your advice?
1: I I guess... I'd, I'd, I'd advise those who kind of coach and teach him. I mean, you, you do what you want. You you run and you bowl as fast as you can. That's if that's what mm. kind of floats your boat. That's what you do. Um, and as you go along, you learn skills. You learn to swing it. You learn to kind of nip it back. Mm. You 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 learn slower balls and what to do when batsmen do certain things. And you kind of learn nuances. And to go to Vernon Philander, he bowls. Not as fast as Kakisar Rabada or Dale Stain or, you know, Hmm. any of the fast guys, but he bowls with the same mindset. So he is as aggressive and as attacking as Dale Stain, despite it being at medium pace. And he knows exactly what he's doing with the ball. And so that that kind of. So would you say know
0: your limitations and maximize them? Would that sum it up?
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to know. You learn them as you go along, but you. I think, try to break your limits. You know, try anything. You know, mm. you, you, you've got to give it a go. You, in essence, for me, when I sort of turned up and found how difficult things were, the one thing that's in my head that always was in my head was back yourself. Mm. You, could, you can. I know I can. And if I can't do it the way he does it, I'm going to do it a different way. And you find that way, whatever that way is. And you, you go at it. It doesn't matter if you fail Fail today, you can look at the you know middle of Tendulkar's bat or Kallis's mm, bat mm. for two hundred runs, but you still got to believe you're going to find its edge. Well, you right? got
0: drive it out twice the wall, didn't you, in a, in, in, in a, in a match? Tell us about that. Talk oh, us through them. Talk us through
1: them. Oh, well, you're probably talking about the Test match in Harare, yeah, where where. It was, it was interesting to his match, actually. And Gavin Rennie, who I was talking about earlier, yeah. he got hit on the head yeah. by Javagal Srinath. Uh, Which, good bowler. Yeah, yeah, very good. Very good bowler. And, and at, at Harare Sports Club, it just used to stand up a little yeah. bit because it was tennis ball bounce. And we're going nicely, and he was batting nicely on 40-odd or whatever, and um, probably 90 for one, something like that. And he, towards the end of the day, bang, <laughs> hits on the head, down. And a game we're kind of, we, we had, we're going well, kind of shifted. And instead of putting a score on the board that was going to be kind of 280, yeah. 290, that you know would be difficult to chase, we ended up putting up two hundred and forty yard. And I remember Dave Houghton saying to us, "You bowlers, you're going to win this game." All right?" And yeah Dave was coached by then, and um streak or longer, yeah, myself. I remember Adam Huckle playing Leg Spinner. Yeah. Um, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember if Brian Strang was in, in the side or, or if he wasn't. But as a collective, it just seemed, seemed to click. And I remember that I didn't bowl for some time um, and then was brought into the attack for yeah. the second time around. And ran up. I think it had a catch dropped and I got upset. <laughs> as which, one does as one does <laughs> but it, it kind of wasn't um, not the upset yeah, sort of blow yeah. you know and i and i got upset had a bit of a shout at someone and then came on again and oh decent enough spell and knocked him over again i think it was lbw the second time yeah, around yeah. And, and and it kind of just oh, i don't know i exploded and I was shouting and swearing at everybody and oh <laughs> what's going on what's going on with this kid what's going on with you and everyone comes together and say we have to win you know we have to win this one you know and yeah it it, it, it was fascinating it's not it's, it's not it's not the wicked i i remember but more the experience of that whole test and how things kind of yes, unfolded yes, and, yes. The, and the part that you play in the first innings um i think there's also some partnership and when i came on um, I used to try and swing the ball away, and it's quite funny how it works. It's, you'd think you're an away swing bowler, yeah. but sometimes the ball just goes the other way. And I <laughs> kept running up trying to swing this away, and they kind of play in that way, and went back, and bang, I think it was LBW again, or yeah. caught, caught behind us, or I an mean, inside edge. You know? Oh, wow, fascinating. It's, it's brilliant. And the whole game, as we sit here, kind of just plays out, and there little moments that pop up. And it's a couple of wickets, I think Anguli might have been the other one I, I got yeah, out yeah. um on that in that game in the second innings. And it just rolled on. They couldn't get to two hundred and forty seven, I think it was, and bowled them out and fascinating. What
0: what what led to the golden age of, of Zimbabwean cricket? I mean, when you were really competitive. You sort of came in at the end of it, didn't you?
1: Yeah, so I mean I played with guys um
0: I mean the flower Brothers. who did, who did well, so you know, yeah, Branda Streak. He, I mean
1: yeah. So so Brandes kinda of at the end of his career. I remember him, him bowling England out, you know, getting yeah. a hat-trick against England and then Chicken Farmer, David Lloyd, who now I work with you know, yeah. everyone's yeah. commentator. And we often chuckle about it actually. <laughs> we murdered him, he said, right? <laughs> 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 that was in the first test match and anyway, the the one day series of that. And yeah, Brandes was sort of coming towards the end, mm. And, you know, the guys who who had played for a long time and Zim didn't have test status, kinda of didn't get a A big opportunity, and even then, it wasn't fully professional, Mm. so it was quite difficult. And so, the thing that leads to to Zim doing decently is that guys go from having jobs and coming to practice in chicken farm, yeah, yeah. in the afternoon to many of the guys just playing cricket and being able to play quite a lot, getting a first class structure that kind of worked, even though there were quite a few guys, and being able to kind of go on tour. And it just kind of comes together at the right time, unfortunately, it kind of unravels as well, yeah, you know yeah. yeah, so yeah, it was it was fascinating playing in that time because um it seemed weird like it's 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 what you wanted to do, yeah, but it seemed a little bit weird in in that oh gee, can I just can I really just like play cricket and do nothing else? yeah is, is yeah. This, is this my job, My dad just asked me all the time I said. You, when are you, you going to get a real job? Yeah, you, you, you need to get a job. <laughs> I said, no, no, I don't. This isn't my job. Yeah. Said, no, 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 you need a real job.
0: And, and Zimbabwe, it's, I mean, Henry O'Longa spoke out. Yeah. And, yes. And I think the Flower Brothers spoke out at some time. And, and we know from South Africa how lunacy yeah. in politics can, can put a country in risk. What was it like, despite the unbelievable... Atmosphere in 1980 of Zimbabwe. I know a lot of bad stuff was hidden because of the euphoria. Mm. When you watched it unravel, and you are a sporting icon or a sporting personality, was the temptation to get involved to speak, or was it a question of keep your head down and just do what you're doing? It's a tough question, but looking looking back, could could you have done more? Could you also put your hand up? Yeah, I think when
1: you look back, so when I look back, I I probably could have done more, but um when i look back at um at the way i was so at 20 i was probably very naive yeah. um i was a uh, so politically um just kind of socially you'd probably say mm. i was you know cricket was it. it it didn't matter what else was happening and i um i just looked to play cricket and be mm. the best cricketer i i could be too much so probably um and the things that were around you, not that they didn't matter, but they essentially kind of were none of your business. You know, things mm. were separated. So when, when in two thousand and three, um, Olonga and um, Andy Flower decided they were going to do this, they even kind of kept it secret from the team. Right. So remember that in two thousand and three, I wasn't in the squad, so I was around in practice squad, mm. practicing, doing everything, but I was going to be on the commentary team. So. I remember finishing a practice session in Bulawaya, um, and Henry saying, we're sitting, was just the two of us in the change room in the Queen sports club change room in Bulawaya, and said, um, uh, I'm going to do something. I can't tell you about it because if mm. I tell you about it, then you're kind of in, in with me.
0: And I don't want other people yeah. to be and I don't, tarred with the same brush. Yeah, yeah. I don't,
1: I don't want you to be in it because mm. uh, you, you might not think the same way as me or you, and I said, you're talking gibberish. What are you talking about? Yeah. And I didn't know what he was talking yeah, about at yeah, the time. Yeah, so, yeah. So, and he's like, um, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm just telling you, but I'm going to do something. When, what, how, blah, blah, blah. It was end of the training squad, finished. Everybody went off. And it must have been about four or five days later, back up in Harare, first game of the World Cup against Namibia. There they were standing outside. On the balcony with their armbands on.
0: Yeah.
1: And kind of like, Oh, okay. So, so that's it. Then the statement went out and it was read and so forth, and it was, and it was a big deal. I mean,
0: what do you? How do you think? How do you feel about what they did? Um, I think it
1: was gutsy. Yeah. Having lived, um, in the country at that time and understanding how things go. Whoa. <laughs> Hats off. I mean, hats Mm. off because I don't know. And you kind of, it's a difficult one because you don't know. After the event, you can say, oh, yeah, yeah, I could have done that, right? But before it's done, it's almost impossible. Like, If I sit and I say, okay, I'm going to do X and come out and speak up against government or yeah. against blah, blah, blah. A dictatorship, Yeah, basically. you know, yeah. so I no ways. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I, I, no, nah, I wouldn't say I would, I would have been able to do it. I was not that. As I say, I was naive. I was not that way inclined. I just say hats off to them. They, they kind of had the courage of their convictions to, to say what they felt and to try and shift things from whatever they were to something else. Or, Are you
0: optimistic about Zimbabwe now?
1: I always am. Yeah. I always have no, but always I always
0: am right I'm always yeah. optimistic yeah. as well but yeah. given the change given one of the old guard has come in and has talked good but has kept many of the old guard there I mean obviously he has to balance political but are you can we see Zimbabwe becoming the country it should be yeah I. I think, it's got everything yeah I think so John I I just
1: I suppose it's, it's age that kind of does yeah. this so I I think Many things take a really long time. And what a long time is, it's kind of indefinable. You know, you you can't say a long time is 10 years. You can't say a long time is one year. And so many things have to happen in order for the path to kind of lead to wherever it is. And even when it's led to wherever, there are yeah. still things that must happen. So but
0: leadership is le- the key. Yeah, Leaders, yeah. Nelson Mandela, de Klerk yeah. were the people who, you know, there's got to be that leadership there that, is, that, that, that takes people with them.
1: Yeah, 100%. But, but, but even then, I mean, so kind of juxtapose South Africa and Zimbabwe and say, yeah. if you try and draw a line into the, a trajectory to kind of where countries are going, um, I'd say, you know, Zimbabwe can only go up Mm. right it it can't go anywhere else right and and if it went down goodness where would it be going yeah you know and so so with things that happen you you hope and you kind of just think well clearly this must happen and you know this doesn't need to happen but it it will and as you go along this will change that will change and yeah I, i i'm hopeful that it doesn't take a really really long time but it takes time. All of it does. And little by little, process by process, it will kind of come right. I mean,
0: let's let, let, Let's let us hope so. And cricket? Test cricket? Future?
1: For Zimbabwe or just generally? No, just in general. In, test general,
0: I, I, I'm a test cricket nut, by the way. I, I hate T20. <laughs> oh, you? I can you? just about watch ODI, but to sit for five days and watch test cricket, I'm in absolute heaven. And yet, many people say in 10 years it'll be gone.
1: No chance. Uh, I think that Test match cricket will always be there. Mm. I genuinely think that. it It is fascinating. It is... You can't... So you can't have what happens in test match cricket happen in a 2020 yeah, game. Exactly. Or a um, one-day international 50-over game. You can't have it happen. You can't... And you can't explain it to someone just how stuff unfolds, how things change... From day to day. Yeah, so Full
0: contact chess. T- yeah, yeah. J-
1: exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, it just, so the game shifts. So you, I was talking to someone yesterday who was saying, oh, Pakistan are turning up. How good are they going to be? Or, you know, it should be a good series. And I said, look, being realistic, be okay. There'll be good enough battles, but yeah. South Africa should win. And um, Pakistan don't travel well to South Africa. They just don't. It's too difficult for them and he said oh so what do you mean like 3 day tests and and stuff like that he said the length of the test doesn't necessarily tell you a whole lot yes hmm. it can be one sided in 3 days but it can be one-sided in four and a half days, you know. Yes, so, yes. so there are lots of things that happen. And there'll be good things to pick up. But how up do you like tell that
0: to the next generation who are watching oh. their big bash and big? Now there's T10 cricket. <laughs> you know, how do you say you sit and watch for five days and without being a cliche in 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 these days of instant gratification? I think
1: you've got to feel things, John. I think yeah. that's that's how it works. So, I always say cricket is a, is a bug, and uh, my kids play now, and I i think when people coach little kids you hope that the bug bites and if it does even if they don't play it forever if the bug bites and they get an understanding of the enjoyment of what happens and how it unfolds it never leaves them you you don't sort of one day love cricket and then kind of i don't love it it anymore
0: but that brings you to the back to commentary because you in a way are responsible for for giving that bug aren't you
1: oh i tell you what it's as I said, it's like living the dream,
0: yeah.
1: but I'm under no illusion about the responsibility you have as the one who kind of has to talk about whatever it is. So yeah. this great game, I mean, has been for ages and you don't want to be the one who drives people away from it. Absolutely. What's, so, the, what's the
0: funniest thing that ever happened to you in commentary?
1: Uh, I don't know Uh, because there must be funny
0: things oh oh, no (laughs) funny things no that's off guard i don't know Uh, all right well i'll tell you what the next mm. time we get you in because there's a lot more to talk about oh think about you you, you can think about it Uh, and thanks for chatting to us thanks for the fabulous job that you that you do and and everything the best going forward yeah thanks john and yeah good luck with the next nine What a fascinating chat. Gee, time went quickly and we'll get Pommy back in again at some stage because there's a lot more to talk about. Thanks as usual to Slow in the City for hosting us. Follow us on social media or subscribe via your favourite podcast app for updates. See you next time on the Sport Exchange Podcast. Cheers from John Robbie.